United States unveiling Operation Prosperity Guardian. This to try and stop the Houthi rebels going after commercial ships in the Red Sea. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. This is uh, a multilateral group. Britain, Bahrain, Canada, France, Italy, Netherlands, Norway, the Seychelles, and Spain make up this group. 39 nation combined maritime forces. This because the Houthi rebels think that they're in charge. And they've been very successful. And the United States has done nothing to protect its assets. Never mind the free seas. What is the role of the United States? Just do this? Just take this? Oh, well, it's just one of those things. No big deal. No reason for us to get worked up. It's a very odd approach. It's not my approach, I admit, and I know. Uh, because of that, now I'll get called neocon. Kiss my neocon, okay? I'm asking a question about power. What is it that we do with it? Do I believe in being a policeman of the world? No. Do I believe in stopping every wrong? I can't. Shipping goods from point A to point B that allow us to live our lives? This whole system hangs on by a thread, and that thread is us making sure it stays intact. Houthi rebels, which is to say Iran, can disrupt this, and we just go, oh well. It's a weird take. It's a weird, odd take. And not mine. Uh, Then there was this, uh, Tucker Carlson. He's, uh, I, I think this was at the Turning Point Conference there in Arizona, and uh, he's doing a podcast with Tim Pool and, and, and some others, and some interesting points made about DeSantis, and then some, well, not. Can I just ask a question, since you all are so on the internet, and <laughs> like I'm not that much, um, you really get the sense that Ron DeSantis, who I liked as governor, uh, the people who represent him online are the nastiest the stupidest and the most zero-sum people I've ever seen in my life. And I don't think that reflects him, but it's like, this is kind of small ball. And by the way, these purported conservatives, Ron DeSantis changed his view, and I like him, okay? I think he's been a good governor. I just want to be clear about that. I know him personally, I like him. But his donor, Ken Griffin, told him to change his view on Ukraine from it's a regional Mm -hmm. conflict we shouldn't get involved in to it's a super important thing, we should send more money. One donor got him to change his view, and all these so-called conservatives are supporting that like it's the most important thing ever. Like, who are these people, and what is their problem? Like, what is going on with them? I think if you ask the Santos people, they'll tell you that Trump supporters are dumb and silly and uh, sycophants, and and, uh, it's a non-conversation. That's a non-conversation. But if you argue that a donor made somebody change their mind, well, okay, that's fine. The second part's fine. The first part's just a a nonsense piece and clearly a throw to Trump. I mean, it's just, that's obvious. Now, Tim Poole jumps in with what I think is an observation. It does reflect on Ron because Ron should have fired the people running his campaign a long time ago. Uh, look, I, I respect that he wanted to launch his campaign on X, on Twitter space. Yeah, at the I time, agree. And it, and it failed miserably. This is a mistake. And now you've got, uh, look, I know a lot of people groan, but a lot of people laugh, the high heels, you know, boot scandal. I mean, 
who's giving this guy advice and why does he keep taking it? Because I will say it, I will say it politically and, and policy-wise, we love Ron DeSantis. Yeah. He's done an amazing job. I agree. But his campaign is a train wreck. Yeah. His campaign has been very poor and train wreck is fine. I don't care about his boots at all. But if you focus on his campaign, I'll agree with it. This is the Turning Point Conference, a Trump rally. Just say what you are, and that'd be easier. What's going on in Lebanon? Explain the Leap District. Why are you taking Hoosier water? The mayor of Lebanon, Matt Gentry, scheduled to be with us next to break it down. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. This Leap District has brought a bit of controversy with it. As a concept, I like the idea of building out opportunities to create opportunities. And I like the business, and I like the growth. But certainly, when we start discussing Leap, we got emails. I got emails from people. They took this land. No one ever discussed it with the people of Lebanon. No one ever discussed it with the people of Whitestown or anywhere else. They just took the land. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. And then you hear about the water. They're going to provide all this opportunity for Eli Lilly, provide all this opportunity uh, for the, these, these other companies at the, at the expense, if you will, of the, 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 the landowners, the homeowners, the people of Lebanon, Whitestown, etc. And then they're going to take water out of tip of canoe, out of, out of, out of the, the Wabash, they're going to they're gonna pipe it in. And then you get the, the governor saying, we're going to have the Indiana Finance Authority take a look at this. And it seems like they're providing cover for moving the water for these businesses, taking it away from citizens. A group called Citizens Action Coalition thinks the moving of the water is dangerous. And the mayor of Lebanon comes out, Matt Gentry, to say, as reported by Wish TV, that their report is disingenuous. The mayor joins us right now. Matt Gentry joins us, the mayor of Lebanon, Indiana. It's it's good to have you here with us. Uh, I know that you had reached out to say, hey, I want to talk about this. Happy to have you on the show. Let, let's start with uh, a, a baseline. When did the LEAP District, L-E-A-P, when did the LEAP District start coming up in conversation, and how do you describe to your citizenry its purpose? Yeah, thanks, Tony. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, and first to start off, too, the, I would clarify, too, the land wasn't taken. You know, the people that owned the property were agreed to a sales price. So the IDC doesn't have any domain authority, so there, the land wasn't taken. So let's, let's kind of make sure we're clear here. Um, you know, I would say this all started back um, fall of 2021. Um, you know, we started hearing rumors about, you know, someone was buying all this land. Um, you know, we know what's happening. Um, and then finally, you know, I actually was reached out to by the Secretary of Commerce, uh, his team, um, kind of in early winter to set up a meeting kind of mid-February. And then we were going to have that meeting. He got ill, so we got rescheduled to March 1st. 
Um, and then, of course, while this is all happening, you know, we're seeing legislation going through the legislature, Senate Bill 361 at the time, um, that allowed, kind of enabled the IDC to do these innovation development districts. We kind of tied the two together, so kind of figuring out what was happening. But March 1st is when I met with the governor, and they kind of briefed me on what the vision was for LEAP and how do we compete, how does Indiana compete for next generation jobs of the future and economies of the future and provide you know, opportunities for people today and kids and grandkids tomorrow. So um, March 1st, 2022 is when it started. Um, Eli Lilly announced it'll be coming to Lebanon in, in May of 2022. Um, they broke ground here in April of 2023, um, you know, and there's there's still additional leads coming in all the time. So um, this has certainly not been a uh, – this has been a fairly – I mean, from a scale of this, it's certainly been a, a quick process, uh, but it's certainly not been something that's kind of happened uh, overnight. There's been lots of discussions, lots of meetings. Um, when this all started, you know, the area wasn't in the city of Lebanon, so it had to be annexed in. It was 100% voluntary annexation requested by the property owners as part of this. So, um, really, I think this has been actually done in a, a, a very transparent way. But uh, as, as you just stated, sir, I want to make sure uh, I'm, I'm following. The state came to you. It wasn't. This was not a a conversation that built out of, out of Lebanon and the area that say, hey, we think we have an opportunity here. The state acquired land, and the, or, or the state wanted to acquire land, and then came to you yep. about annexation. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I mean, for a long time, right? Lebanon, we've just where we're positioned, right, right on I sixty five, halfway between Lafayette and Indianapolis, right? You know, when I first ran for mayor eight years ago, how do we leverage this? How do we plan for our future? We know growth is going to come our way, right? Um, but we never would have imagined this type of you know research triangle type development coming to Lebanon. That was not something we really even could have done locally. So yeah, this, I mean, the state came to us. They said, "Hey, this is our this is our idea to how does how do we make sure Indiana compete for the next twenty to fifty years um, in, in 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 specific industries of the future." And so that was they were the kind of the ones that you know assembled all the land, and uh, partly because of Boone County was so restrictive on how um, you know people could use their land that it actually made it easy to get you know eight thousand, nine thousand some acres with a relatively few uh, number of property owners. I mean, this is in Hamilton County, you know, you'd have probably 4,000 property owners in, in this area. So um, that's, it's kind of Boone County's own fault a little bit because we were so restrictive on, on, on growth here in Boone County. Talking to Matt Gentry, the mayor of Lebanon, uh, Indiana, uh, it, it's it's it seems from from the conversation that while you were not opposed to any of this, uh, you were told this. The state said, "Here's what we are doing." Did they need you to engage the annexation, or could they have moved forward to this on their own? And was there anybody within Lebanon, your your office or others, who said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, hold up! What about X? What about Y? What about Z?" I mean, you know, they needed they needed the city of Lebanon to act here, right? Because um, one, you know, my I have a policy that we don't extend city utilities outside city limits, right? And so obviously, if we want to attract large companies like this, they're going to need water, wastewater, right? Um, so you know, certainly there was something that I had initially had a lot of questions about, um, you know, and the annexations didn't really start until the summer of 2022, anyway, because for a while. We were working with the county to have them try to, you know, how to, you know, is it best under their jurisdiction? Is it best under ours? Do, you know, do we craft a, a plan new development for this? Do all these things? Um, so it really was kind of a long process there, um, and it was certainly not a, a something that happened quickly. But it, it was, you know, you know, when I look at it from my standpoint of of, of what's in, you know, what's in the business for my citizens of the city of Lebanon and the people that live there, um, you know, bringing this type of investment. I mean, when you bring in, you know 
billions of dollars of investment, that's going to have a dramatic impact on, on people's property taxes. I mean, we're actually in the position to potentially do um, property tax rebates for people once, once Lily is paying property taxes because, you know, frankly, we won't be able to spend all the money that's generated from, from LEAP. So um, we're putting that right back into people's pockets. So certainly from a Lebanon citizen perspective, um, there, there are huge benefits with LEAP. I understand the, the concerns that other people have that live in the rural parts of, of outside of Lebanon that aren't you know, annex in the city um, because we're not forcing people to be annexed. They don't want to be. So I understand that if they're opposed to it, and I understand that's changing. Um, but, you know, the, at the end of the day, though, right, do you, we have to believe in property rights. If the property owner chooses to sell, whether that's to the state or some other entity, they have that right to do it. And so then there's a process to go through of how do we, you know, based on what the owner that wants to do with the land, how and do you I'm manage not- that and how do you zone it? And I'm not in any way arguing uh, a property rights here, talking to Matt Gentry, the mayor of Lebanon, Indiana. I'm saying based on how you describe it, uh, this was brought to you and said, hey, you need to annex this property as opposed to, hey, we have this idea. What do you think? It's certainly from the conversation seems much more of a forced upon you uh, subject. But I want to get into this part two, which is about the water. And the water that is necessary for some of these companies to be able to run their 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 business. You speak to you talk about the IEDC, Brad Chambers, who's now a candidate uh, for governor, who's on record saying that we have a lot of water in Indiana. Um, you have uh, the governor's office, Governor Holcomb's office, now saying that the finance authority needs to do a study on this, which for a lot of people seems to be a backward step. You already agreed to move the water, and now you're looking for a way to engage why you need to move the water. But there was a group. Citizens Action Coalition, Wish TV had the reporting. Uh, their report says the, the Leap District puts Hoosiers' access to water at risk. You say the opposite is true. Here is the quote mm-hmm. attributed to you. Quote, it's far more likely that rates will not increase because of LEAP. The state is trying to use economic development to solve a much larger central Indiana water problem. What is the larger central Indiana water problem? Yeah, so really since... Even the early 2000s, but especially since 2020, 2014, since the Indiana Chamber did a water study, um, essentially it says that Indiana, Indianapolis area, so the nine, the nine donut county areas around Indianapolis, um, we will be out of water sources for growth by 2050. So the, if we don't find some, bring in water from some other region or some other area of the state, central Indiana, by 2050, um, no more growth, no more houses, no more businesses, no more nothing. Um, that's a looming, that's a huge looming problem that we have. Um, and so the concept with LEAP, obviously with Lebanon being halfway between Lafayette and Annapolis, um, you know, back in the early 2000s, the state identified said, hey, there's two major sources that we could bring water in Annapolis area, um, either the Lafayette area with the Wabash River or Brookville over on the Ohio River. And those are kind of the two options. because That's where you could get enough water to do this. So the concept this, the, that the state is using, the IEDC, um, Having these investments from these large companies, you know, some of these, you know, the semiconductor facility would be a ten, I mean, fifty billion dollar investment. Um, and what's different of what I think what the CAC missed is that because of the legislation the IDC has to create these what are called innovation development districts, they can capture the property taxes generated by that facility and use that for infrastructure. So that could fund the construction of a fairly expensive pipeline to go to Lafayette and bring that to Lebanon, and then we're essentially more we're almost halfway there because Whitestown. Has citizen has gets water from citizens energy, so you know they're not far away from us at all. So we're we're pretty close to connecting the connecting the path there. Um, and so once you get into citizen system, then you can serve all of Indianapolis with that. So.
So obviously it's more but technical I, I, that, but, but the high level. The, 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 that's the high level. Here's, here's a, a different way to, to look at it, sir. The people of Tippecanoe County, may, they may want to engage growth. And what the state is saying is that this growth is more important than somebody else's growth, than your growth, Tippecanoe, than your growth, Lafayette, than your growth uh, over, over there. How do you respond to that? Well, I, I don't think that's true, one, because also, I mean, the, the first thing, this, there's not, the pipeline is not guaranteed, right? And I think that's being missed in a lot of this. The people are assuming this is a done deal, and that's absolutely not the case. One, they have to prove the water is there, right? So they're, they're, they're doing tests now to, to determine what, is, what water is available, right, and what is the amount that could, that could be moved if we needed it to. Um, and then, two, you need a user to justify that cost, right? So you can't just move the I – because, mean, again – if we don't have the economic development paying for the pipeline, that's where it's going to be burdening ratepayers. That's when it's going to be impacting people. Because again, we're and that's going to that's going to happen before 2050 at some point because it has to be done somehow. So you know, leap again is our best option to avoid that type of rate increase for for citizens because then that's where the economic development is paying for the pipeline. So I, I, again, they are doing all of what they need to be doing from a testing standpoint. You know, they're they've, they've finished kind of half the testing. They're finishing the second testing, I believe, it, around this time as well too. Um, the report should be out early 2024, and then there's kind of a larger conference r- report for the whole region, fall of 2024 coming. So this is not happening tonight, tomorrow. It's it's not it's not it's a it, they are still going through the process. They're doing the science, and they will be able to calculate of, of what makes sense. So um, I don't think once they do all the do all the testing and and, and go through that process, um, Lafayette will have what they need as well because I mean the early results are showing that there is a prolific amount of water in that area. Well, uh, some people have questions, and there's a question of whether or not they were dismissed. This is something we will have to, uh, uh, conversation will continue in the future. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, The mayor of Lebanon, Matt Gentry, uh, joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Philip on the news presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. WIBC Sundays at 9 a.m. Also WIBC.com. Dow futures are up 79. NASDAQ futures are up 26. And I know nothing. I can't figure out this economy. This is the CNBC headline, holiday spending to be up big even as approval of Biden hits new low. Intended holiday spending per person jumped 31% to $1,300. 66% of Americans negative about the current state of the economy. Biden's approval rating is down. I'm sorry, the average person spent $1,300 on Christmas this year? Person. What in the bloody heck? I have been wanting to see where the spending is 
on the holidays because nothing said that the holiday spending was going to look good. And the holiday spending came and it was like, wait a second. Are we seeing more money because of inflation? Are we seeing more money because there was actually more spending? So as this survey goes, and remember, it's just one survey. They say the number is driven by a small number of respondents saying they will spend large sums. 18% they will spend more, just up from 11% last year, the highest since 2019. Those spending more, 32% say it's because they're being paid more or have higher incomes. 24% say it's because of inflation, which is down six points. I'm not going to argue that there aren't people out there with, with higher incomes. It's possible. But inflation has eaten up anything that the, the, the pay rates have, have provided. So what are we talking about? How do they come to this number? Among those spending less this year, 37% say it's because of inflation, up from 15%. So you're... Now, wait a second. Are we utilizing inflation as nothing more than a, well, that's the problem, and people leave it at that and not ask themselves what's actually actually affecting, actually happening to their lives or affecting their incomes? If they're spending more, 18% versus 11% uh, in, in 2023... About 41% are spending less. You still have a preponderance of people spending less. The people spending more are just spending much more, driving the numbers. Isn't this a conversation that further exploits the idea of the haves and the have-nots? Or does retail not care? More money is more money, more money. They don't care who it comes from. And did they spend it on supreme, uh, you know, massive levels of luxury items? Or did they spend it on more everyday things? I'm very confused. Very, very confused. The view of the economy from the All-America Economic Survey from CNBC, people pessimistic about the economy, 66%. Optimistic, 15%. Just uh, just saying. It's all rather confusing. All of it is rather confusing. And now I'm watching a video of a man trying to rip a cross off of a church. Ripping a cross off of a, a Baptist a church. Right now, I I guess that he has not learned that we're all supposed to coexist. Understand that the people out there who scream that we're all in this together and we have to coexist, we have to learn to love one another, they don't mean it. I I am constantly uh, met with a uh, a refrain that that people are are shocked uh, as things have happened in in Israel post-October 7th the way uh, that Jews were left for dead in America, and specifically by the, the left. And I have said to you, I, I, I can't believe they didn't know this, but they didn't know this. But let's make sure you know this. The American left left Jews for dead. And the so-called interfaith groups of Indianapolis are the biggest bunches of garbage Ever seen the Center for Interfaith Cooperation? What 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 do you actually do? What is your actual cooperation? Where is your support 
for Jews in Indiana. You want to have religious diversity training? No, you don't. Where are you for the Jews under attack? I'm I'm asking you a question. And you're not the only one. You don't exist. You're not legitimate organizations. You are willing to take all the help from Jews on this subject, that subject, and the other subject. And I'm not just talking about you per se. It would be wrong to say it's just about you. I am saying all the groups like you. You couldn't give a good holy damn about Jews. You ran as fast as you can. These are just the facts. Just is what is. Whether you're Muslim, whether you're Christian, doesn't matter. And people didn't know that this was going to happen. Well, now you know, so what's your plan? Why are you a part of these organizations? Why are you not calling them out directly the way they deserve for for lying to you, for being frauds, for not being friends, for not being decent, for not caring, for being okay with your demise? I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't know why why you you simply don't speak out. I don't know why you haven't left these organizations and said, quite honestly, to hell with them. They don't care. They support a terrorist organization known as Hamas. And people can chant for genocide on the streets and they have nothing to say. And people look at me stunned. Stunned. They can't believe it. They can't believe that it's happening. They can't believe the way the political left has abandoned Jews. Um, I can't believe you ever thought they were going to be there. I'm ju- I, I, I cannot believe you thought they were ever going to be there. But okay, you did. Okay, you, 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 you did. You thought they were going to be there. Now you know that they're not. Now you know that they hate you. And now you know that you were just used. What's the plan? What's the new approach? What's the new methodology? To work behind the scenes? To make sure you have open lines of communication? To have a seat at the table? What did that get you? When do you change? You know what the open line of communication is? Hey, interfaith organization, you left us to die. What the blanking hell is wrong with you? Why are you so disgusting? That's an open line of communication. Why do you hate Jews? Open line of communication. I'm just, what? It's not? It is direct. It is focused. It is with clarity. And it requires an answer. 
I'm exhausted by the people telling me they're working behind the scenes. And I'm not, that's not to say that there isn't work behind the scenes to do. But it never leads to anything to the front to the table, to, the, to, to, to on the table, to appearing in front of all of us. I won't listen to it about Indianapolis. I'm not listening to it about the faith community. It's time to call people what they are, demand better from them, and shame them accordingly. Oh, it ain't going to happen. I'm just saying it's time. I'm ordering gifts. Gifts have to go out, people, and I was kind of sick last week, as some of you may have heard. I mean, actually hurt. It was gross. It was. I, I'm not gonna lie. It was. It was. It was. It was not a not a not attractive. That's all I'm gonna say. And uh, so now now feeling better. And I had placed a, an order yesterday, and all of a sudden I get a thing from the from the company. Order today, and everything is X percent off. I'm like, what? What? That's not cool. That is not cool to do to a guy. I I had done my job. Why not give me the deal yesterday? Why not get the deal yesterday? Oh, what are you going to do? Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Uh, good morning. Good uh, to be with you. On Tony Katz today, there has been, well, that takes place at noon, by the way, this this statement from the Pope, from, from, uh, from the sea, regarding did the Pope actually say it's okay to bless same-sex unions, same-sex marriages? And the answer is, no, he didn't. And there's been a lot of, of, of misrepresentation in the press on this. One of the best write-ups I've seen uh, comes from Ed Morrissey over at hotair.com. So we're going to break this down. What exactly the Pope said, why it's being taken in the direction that it is, and 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 have have we not figured out? Have people not figured out that the church has a position on these things? And the position is, um, we don't do what we don't do. But people want to take everything and try and manipulate it into something else. So there's a there's an interesting take about how it's being sold versus what is actually being said. And I will uh, I will bring that. Uh, to you. Uh, plus, uh, hoping to have more conversation reached out to both Griff Jenkins and Bill Malugan from Fox News, who are at uh, the border and, and what's been happening with these mass crossings over the last 72, uh, 96 hours, uh, and uh, hope to be able to speak to them and bring that to you as well. I will catch you at noon on Tony Katz today.